To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So this week on the podcast, I have on Mike Merrill. So I met Mike uh, in person here at the latest expo. I was introduced through uh, social media. And uh, the guy is so positive, uh, so driven, so motivated. And, and I wanted to know where that motivation came from, like how he finds it day in, day out to get in these trail runs, to get in these workouts, uh, to go bow hunt hard, to be there for his family. And so uh, just made for a great conversation this week on Eastman's Elevated. Um, you know, we all have this inner motivation. We just have to tap into it, just have to find it. And, uh, that's what made this conversation so interesting. So, uh, really like this guy made for a great back and forth. I really enjoyed it. I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. I want to thank my sponsors for today's show. I want to thank Stone Glacier. Man, I really like these guys at Stone Glacier. I like uh, the guys that work for them. I like the company, and I like all the gear that they produce. So I'll be using their sleep systems this year. I uh, tried out their Skyer Ultra here uh, this past weekend. It's a modular system, and so it comes in super lightweight. It's a, a bivy tent that comes in at a pound and a half, or you can even go for less. But basically, uh, it's a single wall design shelter. You can get a floor for it. You can get a bug out, which um, I'm going to get here shortly, that's got screening in it. So if there's mosquitoes, bathtub floor so you can keep dry. It's got a vestibule for a couple ounces out the front uh, to really keep the weather out and keep your gear dry. I uh, slept really good in it. Great tie downs. It's just everything is well thought out for the backcountry from this company. Uh, so I'll be using that. They're coming out with a single-man, freestanding, four-season tent this year. They do have a two-person, single, like freestanding, uh, uh, dual solo that I have uh, that's just bomb-proof for a couple guys. It's just amazing. And then their sleep systems, I really think they have the best sleeping bags in the business. So uh, I have a new 15-degree bag that I'm using. Uh, the thing's absolutely amazing. They also have a zero-degree bag. And they also have a quilt for warm weather hunting. So for some of these August hunts for me, I'll be using that quilt. And that, that quilt should be showing up here in the next couple days. But uh, just so stoked to, to represent this company, to be using their gear. It's really going to make a difference on this year's hunt. So if you're in the market for anything Stone Glacier does, make sure to go check them out. I also want to thank Forever Barnwood. It means a lot that Forever Barnwood has partnered with the podcast. Uh, they're not a hunting company, but I use them through Barney Construction, and they just have amazing products. Uh, so this company is veteran-owned, uh, supports Eastman's, uh, and he's a diehard hunter himself. But um, it, they just make great products. They they have this process where they take new pine and they make it look like old barn wood. So you can get circle sawn marks in it. You can get a raised grain look to it. And they have so many great products, like from uh, hardwood floors. Uh, they have a shiplap for highlight walls or for ceilings. They have beams and box beams. Uh, they have uh, uh, custom doors, base and case trim. 
just an, uh, an amazing company, amazing product. So I've got a big order coming up for my personal house as well as an order coming up for a couple clients that I have. Just amazing product from Forever Barnwood. I also want to thank Vector Arrows. So I've been using Vector Arrows and just getting some great groups out of them. Uh, they've got great craftsmanship with this four-fletch uh, with an extreme helical on it. It really gives great stability to the arrow. Now, the difference with Vector is they take all your specifications from your arrows and they find the dynamic spine where that spine of your arrow matches your bow and performance perfectly. This makes for a real forgiving setup in great groups. Uh, they have great components. I love their front-end components. I can hit a rock or uh, something hard and stick a new tip on it and spin it, and it spins perfect. They have great knocks. Uh, great weight tolerance, great straightness tolerance. Guys, this is just a great Western arrow. So they've got a couple different lines. They have the HMR, which is their hammer, which comes in a bit heavier, which is great for penetrating elk, uh, big game, or if you're a whitetail hunter and your shots are close, and a great overall arrow. Uh, I'm using their ZMR, which is their new Western hunting arrow, which still comes in at a good weight. I'm at about... Uh, 440 grains all finished off, but I also get a lot of range forgiveness out of this arrow. So as I get out there in the 40s, 50s, 60-yard shots, I can be off by a few yards and still hit where I'm aiming. So this is a perfect arrow for me. I'm really excited about it. Putting in some great groups, shot great at the Western Summit last weekend, and uh, shot great in Hawaii, three perfect arrows. So I couldn't ask for more in an arrow. If you're in the market for some, make sure to go check out Vector. And with that, keeping busy over at Eastman's, I know we've got brand new Beyond the Grids that hit in July. So super excited for those to release to you guys. I've uh, been reviewing some of my films that came out and uh, really proud uh, that uh, I was able to capture it and, and bring it to you guys. So be on the lookout for those. We're also doing some live events this summer. I'm super excited about it. Uh, we're going to be speaking at Fieldcraft Survival. Uh, so uh, that sits in uh, Utah. It's in um, uh, Herber City, Utah, and uh, we're going to be speaking. It's going to be in July, and it's going to be the 20th, and then we're speaking at Black Rifle Coffee Company the 21st. And then, personally, I've got to make it back to a wedding the 22nd. It's going to be a busy summer for me. But uh, we have this live event. You can go on and get tickets. Uh, if you're going to be around Herber City, uh, Fieldcraft Survival, go on their website. Uh, you can get tickets. I'll be speaking. Dan Carr will be speaking. Some of the other Eastmans. And trying to give you guys the necessary information to make you better Western hunters. So I'll be preparing for that. Super excited for it. Uh, so go on and get your tickets if you're going to be around. Uh, spoke at the Western Summit last weekend and have another one coming up this weekend. I'm going to get on and, and um, my talks are like the pertinent information that makes us better at Western hunting, or at least what's made me better and, and what I've been able to tap into. So I'm going to get on and do these for you guys. I'm going to do an elk talk and a mule deer talk just so you have these this summer to listen to, to review as we're coming into to hunting season. So I'll get those done. I uh, also need to sit down and record a Hawaii podcast here, get one of my buddies on or record a solo. It's just an amazing adventure out there. Uh, great for spot and stock and learned a bunch of good lessons. So I need to share that with you guys as well. So 
uh, get some some Barney construction work done here, record some podcasts, get them out to you. I've got some great guests coming up, uh, including some great guests from this Western Hunting Summit. So uh, we'll be releasing that to you guys as well. So I can't thank you enough for the support. Um, With that, man, let's get into this podcast. So it's Mike Merrill. I'm your host, Brian Barney. Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. I can. Yeah, you sound good. How, how's my yeah, audio? Yeah, it's perfect. You sound like a professional. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I don't get accused of that very often, so when I do, I'm kind of conscious. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, well, man, you look like you've been busy. Uh, it looked like you had a good bear hunt, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was lots of fun. Yeah, I have been busy, but, uh, yeah, that was that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, what, uh, yeah. Utah has, like, a spring season there? They do, yeah, they do. Uh, in fact, I think until recently they had kind of an overlap with the baiting season, which I think has been a problem. So I think they address that this year, and you don't have, you know, houndsmen running through bait sites. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have spring, and then they have a baiting season in the middle, and then they have a fall, and then they also have a premium tag that gets to hunt all three of those. Um, so those are kind of a those take eighteen twenty points or something to draw, you know, in a good unit, but. Uh, we just don't have the bear population that some of the states have, so it's you know it's a little, little harder to get good tags for bears here. Yeah, it seems like um, less species uh, or, or less animals, uh, less tags. You know, like uh, it seems to be the case for the the sheep tags that all these western states, none of them seem to want to give me one. <laughs> yeah, you. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> well, all we can do, like, um, it, it's kind of the new age of hunting. Like, I think um, everything evolves and changes, and, and hunting is definitely evolving and changing, you know, from when, you know, I started and, and I'm sure since when you started. And, um, you know, you almost just have to change and adapt with it. So, you know, tags are getting tougher and tougher to come by. So for me, it just means spending more time on the tag I do draw or, or, uh, you know, like setting higher goals or higher standards for the hunt that I'm going to do. So I spend more time doing it so I can still be in the woods. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. It's the uh, Mark Livesey with Three Line Pursuits always talks about odds multipliers and he's kind of talking about e-scouting, but it's also just hunting in general. It's like, what what can I do to take advantage of the tags that I have and, and maximize those and st- instead of, uh, you know, crying in my soup about, you know, I can't draw a tag or I can't get this or I can't do that. It's you know, get get two or three of them in your pocket and focus on what you can control. So. Yeah, it's nice to take advantage of your home state and what's what's close right around you. Like, I'll, I'll travel down to New Mexico or Arizona for sure to go do a hunt, and I'll even do an over-the-counter hunt. But it's like, you know, to the southern Arizona, I'm looking at 24, 26 hours, you know? So uh, I lose <laughs> a couple days on each side of travel. Usually I try to marathon it all back in one day. But I do lose some days in travel where it's like – um. You know, in my home state, Montana, it's a big state, and sometimes I can be traveling up to seven hours away in my home state. Uh, but, you know, I have states like, like Idaho and, you know, spots that are three hours, five hours away, Wyoming. And so really taking advantage of the states that are right around you to try to get hunting opportunity. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of the old adage, uh, you know, don't, don't pass up elk, find elk. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, 
start with your immediate circle and, and work your way out. Yeah, that's it. Well, man, you've been on a, a quest for self-improvement, Michael. I've just been so impressed with, um, you know, your, your uh, dedication, uh, so impressed by uh, your motivation each and every day. And it seems like you just always, at, at least on social media, or at least what I see, it seems like, uh, and in person when I met you, you just always keep a good attitude, um, which is so crucial for self-improvement. It's so crucial for backcountry hunting. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think the, the mental game between the years is is often the biggest challenge. I mean, you you got to do some things physically. You got to you got to have your bow tuned. You got to know know your weapon. You've got to have have your fitness dialed, and you can do all those things. You can even be in the middle of elk or, or on a great mule deer buck, and and if if you fall apart between the years, then nothing else you did even matters. So I I think that mental toughness is one that one area that gets overlooked often. And, and I think, uh, you know, the accomplishing things physically can help add that mental strength and toughness and fortitude that you're going to need when it's crunch time. That's um, so true, Michael. Like uh, what, what changed your mindset or has it been like um, uh, an evolution for you that you keep getting stronger, but what really changed in you that said, Hey, I'm going to start putting in the work. I'm going to put in, uh, you know, the, the miles that nobody wants to do. I'm, I'm going to grow this mental toughness. I'm going to get in physical shape. Like what was the turning point for you or what made you decide or where do you get your motivation from? Well, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've always been a positive leaning individual I and mean, then I kind of grew up that way. And my dad taught me at a young age, you know, uh, you know, mind over matter and that, that you can, you can really accomplish just about anything that you can set your mind to. And, and uh, so I did kind of grow up with that um, woven into the fabric of how I was raised. But but as an adult, you know, you the world uh, slaps you down pretty quick and you start to find out that, you know, no matter how tough you think you are, there's 10 more guys that, you know, could kick your trash around the corner. So I mean, you're 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 really never safe when it comes to, you know, being the best, uh, the best in town on anything. So if you're really if you're really after excellence, I think. The biggest thing is just overcoming yourself, which is it's the the natural man that tells you, you know, donuts, you know, taste better than broccoli or, you know, they the, the things that that sort of knock you back into that ditch and don't want you to succeed. And I think there's plenty of negativity around that, that if, if you're not careful, can suck you in and, and kind of pull you down. But, but if you stay positive and you surround yourself with positive people that have goals that are also trying to improve themselves then they can give you a hand and you can give others a hand and, and kind of elevate uh, the experience for both of you and I, I think that's that's something I try to do is just surround myself with people that are like-minded that also have aspirational goals and want to want to be the best they can and and the more that I've done that you know social media makes that easier there's there's opportunities for groups and you know that brotherhood that exists um, that you know the circles of, of friends that you travel with and and some of the people that I try and rub shoulders with and spend time around, it's just uh, it's just easier to be better when when that's the the world that you kind of help create for yourself by the choices that you make. Man, it's so true. Um, you're right that that what's between the ears is um, you know, and you hear professional athletes talk about how it's ninety percent. I don't know the percentages, but it just it all starts and ends with your mind. Like um, 
you know, your body will follow. And of course, uh, you know, you need to be in good physical fitness. You, like you say, you need to be able to shoot your bow, uh, good under crunch. There's so many different skill sets that you need, but the most important one is right between the ears. And it's, it's slippery. It's like, um, the, the mind or the, the, the human, you, it, it it wants ease and it wants comfort and and ease and comfort are the two worst things for growth like growth comes from uh putting yourself in challenging situations from from making yourself do things from from overcoming adversity and like the more you do that the the more calloused your mind gets the more layers that you build on top of each other for this mental toughness and and, and then you know once you have it it it's something that you can't ever relax or let your foot off the gas. It's like you you have mental toughness or you've obtained it. And I know that I'm a mentally tough person, but the minute you know that I I I put off doing a workout or you know the moment that that I I rest on my 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 laurels, rest on my accomplishments, and think think oh I killed a big buck last year. I'll do the same thing this year. You know I don't need to work nearly as hard. You know those are you know that's when you're when you're gonna fall back in the ditch or um, uh, fall back in line or hum you know like bow hunting will humble you really quick. And so it's like a a matter of building that mental toughness and then keeping it, and it's through challenging yourself. Yeah, and I think I, I love. I love a lot of what you just said there. And I think, uh, you know, like you, that's what draws me to bow hunting. That is exactly what it is. It's like, man, I can't, you know, I mean, I used to golf quite a bit. I mean, I love golfing, but I, I just don't do it that much anymore. I'd rather shoot my bow to be honest. So, um, you know, I, I, I'd rather go on a trail run. Like I want to improve myself somewhere. Nobody's going to pay me to golf. So <laughs> it's gotta be just for the sure enjoyment. So if I'm going to pick something, I'm going to choose something that I just am passionate about. And it doesn't matter what, you know, I, mean, I used to love to play. I played fast pitch baseball as a, even, you know, in my mid thirties and, and uh, used to on every softball team and city league basketball. I love all that stuff. I love athletics. I love competition. I like, you know, improving and trying to win and hitting that game winning shot or, you know, whatever it is. But um, those things just pale greatly in comparison to, finding success with a bow and, you know, or getting out in the mountains on a, on a beautiful trail run or, or, or running a marathon, doing something truly difficult. I just, uh, I just find so much more joy in those things and fulfillment that I feel like if I've got any extra time, that's what I want to spend it doing. You've got the sickness, Mike. Like, uh, you know, you've got the passion. Like, we're the lucky ones, you know. We found what we love to do and what we want to put our energy in. And, and it does take – constant work it's like uh it's it, you have to live that that bow hunting lifestyle 365 like it's constant work and improvement uh you you just find that you the more you put into it the more you get out of it and and it is that type two fun that's really fun like after you're done and i i try to enjoy it in the moment and be present as well but it, it's just not gonna be fun the whole time you're gonna have to work and put an effort same with the marathon it's not fun throughout the entire race like the Finish and the accomplishment right. is the fun part of it, you know, and the training leading up and, um, you know, and it's good to show up on a starting line and be scared to go on a hunt and, um, you know, have some, some reservations or go, man, I, I know I'm getting into it on this one. You know, I know this is going to be a tough hunt, but, um, 
yeah man there's there's absolutely nothing like it and it's like the the best arena to challenge yourself mentally and physically and you can go as hard as you want to like um you know you can go walk one mile or you can go walk 20 it's really up to you and up to you fit up to your fitness and up to you know what's between your ears yeah i i uh you know, back to something you said a little bit ago, and it's, uh, you know, you hear this phrase a little bit, you know, people use it, um, you know, more commonly now, it's about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's that you talk about that sickness of, you know, just the passion of bow hunting. And it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's a little bit twisted where uh, you actually crave that pain or, you know, I don't mean like dangerous pain, but I mean, you crave that struggle and you want to do something that's harder you don't you know i love those runs in the crappiest weather i can find i love it when the snow's deep i love it when my my quads are on fire and and i you know i can i can't hardly breathe because i'm up at elevation and you know just the feeling that you get once you've completed that or you put that work in and i i do i look around and i think nobody else up here on this trail you know nobody's on this mountain you know, if I see anybody, they're usually on a motorcycle or a four wheeler or, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of cheating. And, and uh, the old saying goes, you know, you can't cheat the mountain. And so it's like all I could do is is keep going back and chipping away at it like a like a giant piece of granite. And, you know, eventually you can sculpt something beautiful and really, really have something that you can be proud of that that will stand the test of time and that, you know, nobody can take those experiences or those memories away from you that you've earned I and mean, you, you you have to earn those things and um i was on that that bear hunt um just last week and ended up hiking all the way up the top of this ridge and there was actually a road and we were almost to the road but we hiked all the way from the bottom and you know put a few miles in and and it's like oh that you know the tracks are leading all the way back down to where we just came from so we go back up and down and up and over another ridge and anyway it was like man i went back and forth um, three different times it probably took me about 10, 10 miles of hiking and um, you know an hour and a half before I was probably within 200 yards of where the bear was but I I didn't know that and I actually did a little Instagram post kind of filmed hiking up this really steep and nasty spot and and it, and it just really hit me it's like you know 99% of the people that have ever been born on planet earth have never done something like this that I'm doing right now and so even though my brain is telling me gosh, this is stupid. You're going all the way back up to where you just came from an hour and a half ago. It's like, no, this is actually awesome. Like, this is the pursuit. This is, this is what it's about. It's about, you know, persevering and pushing through. And instead of giving up and saying, well, I'm not going all the way back up there that I, where I just came from. It's like, no, man, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to get up there quick and I can't wait to. And, and once I do, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to earn that reward that I've been working so diligently for and, and hopefully put a perfect arrow in that bear and, and find success and that's the way it worked out yeah um you're spot on like um you know and that's where uh that the attitude you know mental toughness isn't about just pushing through things like we um we as as men you know we have so much testosterone running through us and and anger is an emotion that comes pretty naturally to young men you know it's like uh you know and you can have to hike back up a mountain or you can get somewhere and there's there's no elk and you've got to move drainages or you've got to move your camp 
and, and you can be upset or angry or you know run into hunting pressure it's it's like all how you attack it with your mind it's once you can wrap your mind around this is what i'm doing this is what i'm gonna do and here we go one leg after the next like the better off you are uh when you sit and you him and you haw and you upset or you're angry or you're pouting like a it, it doesn't do anything for uh the hunt doesn't do anything for your attitude and doesn't do anything for like the enjoyment of the whole thing so you know back to the the mental side of things like it's really just wrapping your brain around what the next move is and doing it with a smile on your face no matter how difficult uh the task is in front of you and and you're right it is it's like um you know taking on those challenges getting comfortable with the uncomfortable which i absolutely love it's it 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 really is putting yourself in these difficult situations and getting yourself out of them and and as a as a human being like you either come up with the problem you have to solve like trail running or like bow hunting and challenge yourself and be immersed in that uh that endeavor or your brain will come up with its own set of challenges which can come in the form of stress or can come in the form of uh problems that are tougher to deal with and and really all these lessons they apply to to our entire life of of being able to address problems and i know you know the the bigger my business gets the bigger the outdoor industry like you know like i have issues and problems just like like anybody else but you know, through all these calluses, through this mental toughness, uh, you know, I'm I'm able to to tackle these challenges way better now at 42 than I was at 35, and 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 at 35 right. I was better at, than I was at 30, and I'm really using this mental toughness in every facet of my life, which is you know, family, my work, uh, my bow hunting. Like I I've I've learned something special about myself and what's between the ears, and that I can push and I can accomplish anything, and and then it's just about accessing that and and using it in, in everyday life as well as in bow hunting but it's all about that attitude too it's all about how you take in the information that you're receiving and and you do a really good job of that of keeping that positive mental attitude and it it just goes a long ways in the mountains yeah you're you're right i i think uh you know one of the things that i've always appreciated and has drawn me to you know always be interested in what you're doing is is just I know you are always bringing it. It's like there's just no question. Brian Barney's going to be freaking just killing it. You're going to put the work in and you're going to put the reps in. And when you talk about, it's like, you know, shooting arrows, you know, shooting your bow every day is great and, and you know, helps immensely, but you got to be shooting it correctly. You got to have it dialed in. You've got to, you got to have this, you know, I went through these elk shaped camps with uh, one of our common friends, Dan Staten recently and uh, they had um, Joel Turner there with Shot IQ. And I, do you know Joel, or have you, yeah, have you worked those, with him? Yeah, those camps are amazing. And yeah, I've done a um, couple Western hunting summits with um, Joel and shot with his um, boy, which is just a phenom, like able to go through the 3D course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he explains and articulates the shot process so well. He he explained things that <laughs> that I've had to learn the hard way through 20 years of. Uh, you know, like if he was around 20 years ago, my trophy room would probably be double what it is now. But, you know, like everything <laughs> I figured out about shooting and about shooting at animals, he's able to explain and articulate and just a great course and gets guys the determination to shoot correctly. And I I saw you went through that course and made some changes to your own shooting. 
Yeah, and that's that's just it. You know, and it really takes me back to something you said earlier. And it's like, you know, you can you could do all these things and 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 have that positive attitude and be, you know, just tell yourself relentlessly, like, I'm gonna overcome this, or I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna execute perfectly, or I'm gonna make all the right decisions, and 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 you're not going to. Like, there's gonna be a point where the wheels fall off. Where yeah, it reminds me of one of the one of the um, self-filmed hunts you did where you were hilarious i think i talked to you about this at the expo but you're like you said after does anybody want to buy a bow <laughs> you shot, over, shot over this buck and it was just it was just so funny and so relatable to any of us that have been out there and you know been devastated by you know messing something up but but what joel teaches is like next level like it's like you said i can't like i'm I'm frustrated that I spent so long shooting so many thousands of arrows incorrectly or, you know, less efficiently. And so now every new arrow is like that much better. And, and I'm just so excited to, you know, apply with those things that I learned. And I, I think, you know, that's back to and everything he focuses on is that focus between the ears and that, that shot blueprint. And, um, and, and all of those things, what they do is they instill confidence. Like you're not just getting reps to, to, for the sake of shooting more arrows. Cause I could shoot a hundred arrows in a session and, you know, practice incorrectly a hundred times. And now I'm actually worse off than when I first, you know, flung the first arrow. So, um, I think bringing it back to getting it to, you know, ground zero where you're really using the prop, the proper building blocks is something that is going to make you that next level bow hunter. You're going to get that success that you probably couldn't have achieved previously. And so those reps at winning, those positive reps at executing properly are now making you exponentially better with each passing year, with each passing arrow. And, and I just, I just feel like, you know, I got the whole world in my hands and I just, I can't wait to have another season open up with a tag in my pocket and my bow in my hand because of these things that I've learned. Yeah, it's powerful knowledge for sure. He is um, really helping guys out. And and guys, go check out his course or uh, he speaks at the Elk Shape or the Summits a lot of times. But um, an amazing instructor. And he's instructed uh, Bodie Turner, who won the Indoor Vegas this year, as like a 15-year-old kid, which is just wild. Uh, but but his process, it's all about staying present in your shot. And um, uh, he teaches how to shoot, um, you know, like we all anticipate the shot. And um, when you anticipate the shot, um, things can go wrong. Things can go haywire. Your subconscious takes over. And so it's that same thing I've been preaching uh, all the time and trying to tell you guys what really helps me out is staying present in my shot, walking around and and talking to myself and 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 saying you know when i get my chance i'm gonna pull 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 on this shot when i draw my bow back like i just think about it constantly and i practice for that moment so when i get in that situation i don't go into auto drive and my pin finds the animal and i punch the shot off instead you know i i put that pin where it needs to go and then i talk myself through the shot and like you say building this shot blueprint where you you know you 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 draw Draw, anchor, uh, level, put the pin where it goes, and then pull, pull, pull. And I just focus on that pull, 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 run through that shot process. And when you stay present and you execute correctly, that shot goes where you want it to. And you can control the car wreck that is like the adrenaline-filled <laughs> moment of getting a shot at an animal. And so it's really the difference maker for me, like shooting in high-pressure situations, whether that's um, – 
tournaments, three Ds in front of buddies, shooting at those summits. They have a beat Brian Barney contest. Like it, it is just staying <laughs> present in those shots. Like I get nervous just like the rest of them. But I've I've been there so many times, and I have that shot blueprint. And I I never punch a shot off. I always execute correctly. And in turn, you know, those arrows just end up in the middle and end up in the middle of those animals for the most part. Like you mentioned, uh, <laughs> you mentioned that show, which was great. It's like I captured this authentic moment uh, like bow hunting will take you to your highest highs it'll also take you to your lowest lows and I recorded one of those lows where I missed a great buck I'd been hunting for five days and I turned on that camera and what came out was just real authentic of uh you know talking about you know and I was I was trying to make my buddy Dan laugh as well you know about like uh, I didn't want to pack out the buck because his stickers were going to get caught on the brush and uh you know like uh yeah it said uh, anybody want to buy a bow at the end of it like I just um I was just at a low right there and um you know but you know the like failing is inevitable like you are going to fail no matter how good a blueprint you build no matter what you do in bow hunting it's going to test you to your limits and so you're going to make mistakes and and you know once you can get control of that you can be way more consistent but the only reason i'm uh good at bow hunting is because i've failed more than everybody else i've failed every way from from sunday like i i failed uh uh on stocks i failed on hunts i failed on shots and and really it's just uh you know picking yourself up from those failures um not sitting there and crying in your boots and going okay well i made that mistake redemption's a powerful tool i need to get out and earn another opportunity and prove i can do it but you know i have failed a lot and i just improve from it and get better but that's the reason why i'm any sort of bow hunter is i've failed a bunch yeah you get you get back up on that bowl that bucked you off and it's like uh you know they they i do love that that saying uh, you may have heard you don't you don't fail when you lose you fail when you quit it's like you know, losing is a part of winning. Like you, that's, that's, that's how you get there. That's one of the steps. One of the rungs on the ladder is that loss. And, and you get, you get just pissed off enough. that It's like, Oh no, you don't, you know, I mean, I just need one more chance at you and, I, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to win this next time. This is going to, this is going to go down. And once in a while you get that chance and it doesn't go properly. And now you now you're really pissed <laughs> or hopefully. Right. Hopefully you don't give up. It's it's that coming back that I think is the secret sauce. It's not you know, it's not, uh, you know, being a, a gamer that this ringer that just always figures out a way to come through like, you know, Tom Brady so often does at the end. But this last season, that didn't work out for him either. So it's like it doesn't matter who you are. Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, you know. Uh, any Dwight shoe doesn't matter who you are. Like you're, you're not going to be successful 100% of the time, and that failure or that not achieving that goal is a part of that next success that makes it so much sweeter when you when you do actually accomplish what you set out to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, um, you know, and and Michael Jordan missed a lot of game winners. Tom Brady's missed a lot of game winning touchdowns. He's lost a lot of games. Like you, those guys are not a hundred percent either, and they're the best in the business. And and it's just the 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 way it goes when you take on such a challenging endeavor. Uh, you're gonna fail here and there, and you got to pick yourself up. And it's you don't want it to haunt you like a miss. 
you know, you you, you want to learn from it and move on and not have that miss in the back of your head. But I'll be honest, like a lot of these misses, shortcomings, or failures, um, they're they're five times the motivation as a win is for me. And I don't know if that's just the way we're wired as humans, but you know, I had a, a you know, I try to really um, enjoy success, and I try to. Um, you know, uh, when I am successful, like I, you know, I, I try to enjoy it and, and not be too tough on myself, but I'll be honest, like when I get like this year is 2022 last year, I had an amazing season, but I had a miss on a great buck that I hunted for seven days I got twisted up and a shot right over top of them. And, you know, it happens, but you know, that is my motivation that gets me on the trails day in, day out, that gets me shooting my bow day. And like, it's, it's motivation. It's food for my mind it's like what really drives me so it's not the the six successful hunts that i have that really motivates me to keep working hard for this season it is and i did have great experiences there they were unreal but really it's that miss that i get the most motivation from yeah and i think that's where the lessons are learned it's like it's the same and it doesn't matter what somebody's professional life is or in business it's like you got to learn from those mistakes and those challenges and, and look at it's like it's really easy to celebrate the, the amazing hunting success or the great buck or the great bull or, or the great ram or whatever it is that you just took but learning from those misses learning from those chances where you didn't succeed and and figuring out you know which which stove is hot so you don't have to touch that again and, and just committing that to memory so that you avoid those challenges by training, by finding that weakness. I know back to those elk shape camps, I did a couple of them, did one in Utah, did one up in Oregon. And, and I know um, one of the things I love so much and appreciate about Dan Staten is that he really, really is good at helping identify those gaps and, and help, you know, help you expose them for yourself it's not to call somebody out but it's to help you realize here's an area that i can actually improve and going through those exercises and you know i know recently um you you have done a few crossfit workouts that's something that's kind of new for me i've never done that before you know built a plyo box and you know got me a medicine ball and just started you know adding some some more tools to my home gym and now those dynamic movements are real i mean i'm starting to I'm getting sore in places that I haven't been sore in, in a long time. And I always think that's a good thing. Like if I can, if I can get myself sore, then I've done something notable and I'm actually training something that's not used to getting trained. And I found that when I'm up in the mountains, like with a heavy pack on or, you know, tr trying to pack my bow up through the brush and, and I have to use balance and use, use muscles and strength that aren't typical for, you know, a normal everyday routine. I'm, I'm able to do those things without fatigue, which keeps me stronger between the ears. And so I think it just, it all feeds into itself and, you know, finding those weaknesses and figuring out how to strengthen them is, I mean, that, that's, that's one of the secret golden nuggets that I think a lot of guys need to figure out in order to hit that next level of success that they're really after and so invested in achieving. Oh, that's beautiful. Dan Staten does such a good job at those camps. Him and all his instructors. Like, these camps, you can really further your knowledge base. Like, you can gain years' worth of knowledge in a few days, you know, just by hanging out with these these, these right people and gaining that information. And you're right, we kind of have blinders on. And, and to be honest, like, um, you know, I, I uh, uh, had been... 
doing uh, upper body workouts, keeping my back strong. I've been doing, you know, my body feels great at the AJM. And um, trail running uh, has been uh, uh, one of my, my biggest training for the mountains, and it's great. I think it's one of the best trainings you can do, and I know you believe in it too. It's just like you're you're in the mountains training for the mountains. It's like a way to pay your dues, but you're getting the elevation, and, and you're putting – trail running, you're putting this exertion on your body because you're going at a higher speed than a hiking speed so you can get in more miles more elevation in a shorter amount of time so i've just always loved trail running and um it's it's just the one of the 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 biggest parts of my physical training that i do you know along with scouting and my upper body workout but yeah recently you know adding in crossfit workouts and like you say we tend to have blinders on uh, we don't like to look at our weaknesses. We like to look at our strengths. And, you know, I always had an, an excuse for not doing it or not getting into it. And, um, you know, I, I think I had my blinders on to where I think there's a lot of benefits that I can get from cross training that I can't just get from my weight training and my trail running. And so, yeah, I did another workout yesterday and, um, you know, I was laying on the floor sweating, just staying near in tears. Like I feel like I'm in wrestling practice again, <laughs> like it just hurts, you know, but I know that I'm getting myself to another level. And I, and I think you're right. We're only as strong as our weakest link. And in a game that takes so many chain links, like so many different skill sets, like from the, the physical fitness, from the mental toughness, from the, the shooting your bow and, and, and knowledge of archery, you know, all the way to, um, you know, uh, being able to locate game animals and your glassing techniques to your stalking and being able to get close and then your ability to be able to capitalize on situations and be at your best in these high pressure moments. There's like, you know, to e-scouting to like, there's so many different facets uh -huh. that goes into being a complete backcountry hunter. And if you're lacking in one of those, that's going to be your weak link. And it's going to be what holds you back on being successful in one of these hunts, you know? And so, uh, it's what I've tried to do. Like my whole backcountry hunting career is work on my weakest link, whatever that is. And so, you know, if it's stalking animals, uh, you know, like like you need to practice stalking animals, and so take on these high opportunity hunts. You know, I I'm so fortunate I get to go to Hawaii in about a month, which you can fit <laughs> years of hunting knowledge in a few days there as well, because you get so many stalks at these axis deer that are so switched on uh, that it really improves my spot and stock game. Or like taking on coos deer down in the, the the desert of Arizona in the south down there in January, and these coos deer they're called the gray ghost and you have to sit on the absolute best vantage points possible with the biggest glass you have and you have to just pick apart the mountain and you'll lay eyes on a on a coos deer and you'll pull your eyes out of the glass to tell your buddy where he is and you'll get back in the glass and he's gone their gray coat blends in so well so when i go on these coos deer hunts it really improves my glassing like it it makes me better uh -huh. at glassing like after I've been glassing for coos deer and elk, I can spot blindfolded. Like, you know, like, yeah, like you yeah. can just, it makes everything easier. And so I think it's important to like, look at all these different skill sets, try to find your weakest link and then put more effort into that weak link. If it's, you know, you're shooting and your, uh, uh, your ability to be good during crunch time, you know, you need to check out Joel Turner's course and, and, and be present.
present during your shot, and you need to be out there and put in more work than the next guy. Day in, day out, shooting your bow, going to the 3D tournaments, shooting around buddies and leagues, and like if that's if that's your weakest link, or even if it's you know one of your strongest link, we need to work at all of these skill sets to uh, to be good overall back to be a good overall backcountry hunter. Man, so important. Yeah, and that, you know, obviously your your podcast, your platform, your whole everything that you're doing, you're bringing these experts in. You're bringing people like you know Kip Fowler in, or Dan Picard, or Jason Matzinger. You're bringing people in that are, you know, they're some of the best in the business and in, in their own right in all these different areas. And then taking courses like uh, like Elk Shape or Western Hunting Summit with Ryan Lampers. I mean, just such a beast. Lampers is amazing in so many ways, um, but. You know, when you study at the feet of these people that have been there, that have figured some things out and they're willing to share, which is, you know, just something new. That's a technology advancement that, you know, has been just a major blessing to everybody out there hunting. I mean, I know that you know this 15, 20 years ago, like you, you had to buy a paper book. You had to you had to wait for the magazine, the Eastman's to come out next month in order to get the article and read the article and. And you didn't have these tools of research and e-scout and all of this preparation that, that now is just at our fingertips. Um, I, I, it's almost overwhelming. So I think you have to be methodical and pick, like you say, the weakest area that, that you really, you know, have an opportunity for improvement and focus on that. And then, you know, go put it into the field, put it into practice, actually get out there, get boots on the ground, you know, go camping in your yard or in your backyard or up the canyon from where you live to figure out your gear, to make sure that that tent's not going to leak, to make sure that all of those things that could become a mental breakdown don't become a mental breakdown on the one or two weeks that you have off during the year where you have your only opportunity to, to maybe chase a bugling bull. Yeah, that's it. Um, you, you put in the work um, prior to season. Like season isn't about being great for five days. Like it's uh, about being great year round. And then you're showing off your skill set in those five days that you've worked so hard to gain, you know. And so you're you're right. And, and we are in the information day and age. There is more information out there, which in turn means there's more hunters out there. And um, mm-hmm. so so. You know, you you have to put in the work and separate yourself. Um, you know, and you you, you got to take in this information like it's the uh, the information day and age. It's there's so much out there to improve all these skill sets, and there's a a blueprint for success. Where you know, when we were first starting out, there was no blueprint for success. Like you said, I took in every book I could read, and I I uh, uh, took in all the information I could get. But there, too, this information, it'll definitely help cut the learning curve. Listening to smart people, picking up these tips you can implement into your own game plan, they're only going to improve your skill set and improve your backcountry hunting and your odds at success. Uh, but the truth is, is what you just stated, is that you have to put it in practice. You can shorten that learning curve, but the best teacher is experience. And, you know, a, a long, you know, like, like me, like uh, I've structured my life where I get a lot of time bow hunting and, and uh, I put in a lot of time trail running in the mountains and I spend a lot of time in the mountains. Uh, but that's one of the, the reasons why I've been able to build my skill set so well uh, is putting it into practice. And so like you, you shorten these learning curves and then it really is about just getting out there and, and it's getting out there for the spring bears like you just did. It's getting out there 
you know, I learned a ton from horn hunting back in the day. And, and um, you know, I would go uh-huh. horn hunting and learn these habits of these elk from their bedding features to their feeding features and really learn the species that I'm hunting. Uh, you know, and the payoff was finding some nice horns along the way. But then I was able to use, you know, that knowledge to then harvest bulls like one of – you know, I know where the bulls show up in my valley when I get snowstorms, and that's due to hunting sheds on the winter range and paying attention during bow season. And then, you know, last year with four days left in the season, I was able to capitalize on that knowledge and be where the elk showed up during a major snowstorm and arrow a great six point, like uh, uh, putting it into practice. And, and, and it can be in all these different seasons. It doesn't just have to be a week or two in the fall, like scouting for high country mule deer is exactly like hunting for high country mule deer you just don't have mm-hmm. a bow you know you you're covering miles and you're glassing these bucks up and you're getting excited and you're you're camping and you're you're, you're building all these necessary skill sets to make you even better when you do get that seven days to go hunt and so like like really taking in this knowledge and, and being as good as you can be and preparing yourself but then just getting out and using it scouting trips horn hunting spring bear hunting fall season and in the fall season anymore for me goes from about august to january there's a lot of opportunities out there to go bow hunt you know and and trying to take on these these um uh these high opportunity hunts where you're gonna get chances to spot game and make stocks and plays on games you're giving yourself a chance to make these mistakes and learn from it and become better so when you do get that awesome elk tag or that once in a lifetime sheep tag uh, man, you've been there before. You've made a lot of stocks. You, 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 I'm confident in my skill set. I know I can go into a, a new place and figure it out and give myself an opportunity and hopefully get an arrow into that animal. But, man, it's all about putting it into practice, too. Yeah, and I know, like, you know, in your case, I mean, you're you're not, uh, you know, I think Dan's statement's the same way. You're, you're not calling a lot. I mean, you're just trying to be as stealthy as you can. You're trying to, you're trying to, uh, avoid the animal even knowing you exist and and so that's a skill set that you know i think many of us um probably lack and and probably need to do a better job at you know and there's nothing stopping you from early season practicing stocking like there's no there's no hunt going see how close you can get like try and you know try and actually put that into practice take your boots off you know and then go out through the meadow crawl through the grass like just practice being stealthy and, and it's free, right? You don't have to waste your season. You can do it anytime. Like there's things like that, that, you know, I mean, I'll practice drawing up on an animal that I, I you know, not going to shoot, but I'm going to go through that process and those movements. I'm going to arrange it. Like I'm going to shoot. I'm going to go through all those different things as if this is the moment just to see what I can get away with and to learn and to commit that to my mental memory. So that the next time, when it is a buck or a bull that I want to take, then I have a chance to actually execute that and, you know, know, know what it's going to take to get that done. Uh, you know, the only, the only last step is actually, you know, releasing that arrow and executing a perfect shot. And, and I think, uh, you know, like you're saying, there's opportunities to do these things that we can create and, and almost pre-engineer that will help us to, to be more successful once it's go time. 
Yeah, man, that's that's exactly right. Like that, um, you know, I, I talk about stalking elk, and and everybody gets to see the successful picks, and 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 that is like when I teach it these <laughs> courses, or when I talk at these courses, or when I talk elk hunting, I, I talk about this skill set uh, of being able to uh, to be quiet, keep the element of surprise, and stalk these bulls, especially in these high pressure units, you know, and 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 what it does too is is when I'm spotting and stalking. I, I'm also paying attention more to the elk and the elk behavior. Like I know I run into guys in the mountains and they get so focused on the calls and walking around and getting an answer that they're not looking at the bigger picture of what the elk are actually doing, where the elk are actually going. And it, it seems like I have such a leg up because I have a high understanding of like where the elk are moving to, what they're doing, trailing these elk. Like it, it, um, and, and, and I love it, but you know, people didn't get to see like all those years of like, uh, uh, you know, battling without calls, you know, it's like now you get to see the payoff of a bunch of giant bulls that I harvest with my bow. And that's only because I spent, you know, 15 years, 20 years of building this spot and stock skill set around stalking elk. Like, uh, like you said it best is, um, uh, uh, knowing what you can get away with. You said that when you were talking about stalking, learning what you can get away with and what you can't is one of the, the, the biggest key skills to spot and stalking is just knowing what movement you can get away with, knowing when you're concealed by the landscape, knowing, you know, how to read the elk's mannerisms as you're stalking in and, and, and really knowing when to go all in and, and risk it for the stock of getting close and putting an arrow into that bull and when to kind of sit back and just shadow that herd and wait for a better opportunity. And, and, and for me, it is, uh, you know, it's really dedicating to no calls, building those skill sets. And, and that's why I'm seeing so much success now as I've, I, you know, I built this, this method of operation and, and we all, you know, we all build these tendencies when you're, when we're bow hunting. And I realize it when I hunt with my buddies and I, the, the, the best example I can come up with is like hunting with two of my friends in Hawaii. Uh, one Sean Kern, the other one's Janus Padilla, two of the best guys on planet earth. I love those two guys. I'm going to go share a hunt with them here soon, but Sean hunts really aggressive. Uh, and, and that goes for hunting Hawaii. That goes for hunting elk goes for hunting deer. He's just aggressive in nature by the style that he hunts. And he sees so much success because he creates opportunities he goes for it and gets in there and makes something happen or maybe he blows it up but he he just hunts this style and so when you hunt with him you know you can see this aggressive style and then the total contrast or other flip of the coin is janus padilla who is so patient and so slow and so successful like it is painful to hunt with janus because he moves so slow through the trees because <laughs> he doesn't want to doesn't want to spook anything and i'm almost like come on Janice, let's go let's let's get up here and get into him and then we'll slow down and so you build these different preferences and janus has built his and sean's built his and they're both highly successful using both of those and oh. so like you know i kind of think of myself as a mix and match i can be real aggressive and i can also be real patient and as the more i bow hunt i i just the the more patient i can be in close the more patient i can be waiting for the right angle uh waiting for the animal to make this mistake and not me forcing the issue and blowing up the encounter like the more patience i can have with a touch or a splash or a mix of aggressiveness to get myself there to make myself go for the stock to try to go get into those elk and see what'll happen you know it seems to be about the right mix for me but we build this preference in the uh 
of, of hunting, and it doesn't have to be all spot and stock like me. It doesn't have to be all calling like Corey Jacobson. Like you can make a mix and match in your own style of elk hunting that works for you. You can have all these these tools in your toolbox to be able to to harvest an elk from like maybe I'm gonna spot and stock and and when I see you know a big herd bull with a bunch of cows because I know that bull isn't going to call in or maybe I'm going to get in inside 100 yards and blow a couple cow calls or you know like uh uh maybe I've got a satellite bull that's going to answer my bugles and I'm going to bugle and call him in like having all these tricks at your disposal trying them out and figuring out your own hunting style and building it for yourself I think is so important too yeah, I love I love what you said there about uh, you know mixing and matching because I you know and I um, you know I credit you for some of the some of the experience that I've had when I'm I'm out there and I I keep saying my, to myself mentally um, it's a phrase that you repeat on your podcast quite a bit and it's talking about moving slow like the hands of a clock and we're talking like the minute hands not the second <laughs> hand and, and and that's something that that's been a weakness of mine is you know I'm the bull in the china shop. And so I've been the last few seasons really working on slowing it down and um, going through those elk shape camps, uh, you know, Jason Phelps and Dirk Durham and Joel Turner talking about and showing video examples, like really, really cool walkthroughs of these scenarios. And there's so many times when, you know, my blood's just boiling and my heart's pounding out of my chest and I'm thinking, you know, shoot it, shoot it, step out and shoot it. And, you know, and, and, and they're, they're actually teaching you that, slow down, just, just wait. He's going to come closer. He's just checking it out. You know, my brain's telling me that bull's going to bolt. He's going to take off. He's getting ready to leave. He's going to jump. He's getting ready to go. And, and sure enough, you know, like clockwork, once he, you know, sits there for a couple of minutes, he takes those next few steps. And pretty soon it's like a 15 yard shot instead of a 50, right. That was rushed. And so, I think, you know, taking advantage of learning and studying, uh, you know, the content that's out there is absolutely invaluable. But at the end of the day, you know, Dirk Durham's not going to be sitting on your hip, you know, when you're when you're there on your elk hunt. Like you have to make that decision in that moment of truth. And unless you've put yourself in that situation and figured out, like you said earlier, and like I was saying, what you can get away with learning to set up in front of the tree instead of behind the tree, I've, I've made that mistake so many times in my younger years, you know, had a perfect place, perfect opportunity, the right setup. And the tree that I decided to park behind ends up being the thing that's in my way. So I don't get a shot. And, you know, but, but I wouldn't have learned that had I not, you know, gone through that and set up improperly and blown the opportunity. So I think taking note of those things and then, finding those weaknesses and finding an excuse or a reason or a way that you get those reps in the field is really the way that you're going to start improving and, and start stacking those odds in your favor where those odds multipliers end up, you know, getting you meat in the freezer, getting you something beautiful to hang on the wall and something that you can enjoy for years to come that you maybe wouldn't otherwise have had the opportunity to take. And um, get a such such a great understanding of it, Mike. Like um, such good understanding of the game, and it's just like your commitment to it, to constant improvement and working at it. Like you're you're living the ethos and living that bow hunter three sixty five lifestyle. And that I don't know why our brain does that when we get close. 
you know, our brain plays tricks on us. I don't think patience comes naturally uh-huh. to humans. It's something that we really struggle with. And the closer you get, your brain's just screaming at you, you know, hurry up and get there. Uh, get over that rise. Get to the spot. And then you'll be able to shoot them. Like your your brain's telling you to hurry up and telling you to rush when you should be the most patient. And, and, and inside, like, like bow range, like – like it is chaos like uh uh you know Uh your brain is in this chaos in this overdrive and i and i think it's tied you know to our ancestors and and you know where they were uh securing meat for their for their families and for their tribe and it was so important to be good in those moments but that excitement you know is still tied to our dna where we get so excited when we get close and you really have to talk through it uh you know with you know, using your, your, your brain and going, Hey, no, I'm, I'm not going to screw this up. Like I'm going to do my part. And if the animal's still there, great. I'm going to put a good arrow in them, but I'm going to let this situation develop. I'm going to be patient in this moment. I'm going to keep the element of surprise, which is the most important thing when I'm spotting stalking to kind of let things develop and let them happen. And so like, you have to get comfortable in that chaos of making good decisions and comfortable being patient and letting that buck walk out and waiting for that right moment to bend the strings back. Like you got to get comfortable in those moments and you almost have to fight your intuition to move quick, to hurry up, to peek over this edge, to draw your bow and try to step around the tree and get a shot. Like you, 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 you just like you, you walk around and want to be in bow range so bad that when you're there, that's only half the equation. The other half is like getting Uh your, your limbs bent back and putting a perfect arrow in that animal, but it doesn't always come. And so like you, you got to get comfortable in that chaos and, and patience does kill the buck and move like the hands of the clock. And the, the closer you get, the slower you have to move. The animals see Uh movement, you know, as, as much as like, um, uh, you know, like to believe they see your camo pattern or they 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 pick up on this or that and they can they can see you as a silhouette or they can see you in open terrain even if you're holding still but for the most part animals see movement even our human eyes pick up on movement above uh anything else and so you know really keeping those movements minimal and 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 knowing when to freeze reading the mannerisms of the animal you're stalking and keeping that element of surprise and getting comfortable in the chaos of being in bow range and letting that situation develop you know letting that animal walk out making sure nothing's looking at you when you're drawing like keeping all that on your side like like that's the key to to being successful uh, in a spot and stock endeavor, man. And it's so fun. It's such like a, it's such a chess game. And, and I continue, like, I will make mistakes, like you said, setting up behind that tree. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dense as well. And so I don't usually learn off the first time. Like you say, <laughs> I've got to make that mistake a couple times before it really, uh, uh, seats itself inside my brain where I remember it, where I can, I can, you know, where it, it, it gets factored into my instincts where I just make those, uh, decisions naturally then. But it, it does seem like I've got to set up behind the tree at least a couple times to learn from it, you know, but it, but it is, it's making those mistakes and then, you know, being able to assess it and look at it and go, where could have I been better? And it's really easy to make excuses when a stock doesn't go, go your way. Like the easiest excuse is the wind swirled, which the wind Wind does bust a ton of stocks, but looking at it when that wind swirls or when that wind's bad, like 
why did the wind switch? Was it because overcast came in and you got a downhill thermal that that deer go? Or was it dicey and you were working a quartering wind uh, that really wasn't a uh-huh. true wind that you needed and you should have came in higher or you should have came in? Like really looking at that and assessing it and not beating yourself up over it or – uh, but, but, but really looking at it and assessing and going, you know, I was too quick in the end of that stock, that animal picked up on my movement. And then that's what stopped me from getting the shot next time I'm going to move slower and I'm not going to move when that animal's looking in my direction or, you know, like I, like I stated with the wind or with noise, you know, sound, uh, sight, you know, all of those just really assess your failures and look at it and say, where can I be better and where can I improve? And, and I, I think that's key for like growth in this um in this spot and stock world yeah i I think uh one of the things like last season um i was hunting mule deer during archery hunt in idaho and um had a week and uh, got in on some really sweet bucks and had some really close opportunities just didn't it didn't end up panning out but um but one of the lessons that I really learned there, and I know, you know, like Ryan Lampers is really good at this, and I think you you do this at times too, where it's like, you know, the the wind isn't right, the opportunity's not right, they're not bedded in the right place, and just backing out and go after that buck tomorrow. But I I didn't do that. I got in and buggered that deer, buggered that basin, and buggered this basin, and pretty soon in in a week's time, you know, I went from uh, 10 to 15 pretty decent bucks that I would have been super happy to take down to where it's like, man, are there any deer left in here? <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, I, I think a little less aggressive, a little more patience. And I probably could have had my pick of some of the best bucks in that, in that area. If I would have just, you know, not felt so urgent, like I've only got six or seven days. I've got to, I got to push this. I got to, I got to force it. And, and so I think that's something else that, that I'm, I'm going to, you know, invoke this coming season is have more patience with that and not, not rush the situation um, when the wind's not right or when they're bedded in a really not a killable spot. It's like, just back out, you know, go hunt somewhere else for the day and then, you know, try again tomorrow. Yeah. That's, um, that's uh, next level, Mike, and a, a great like self-assessment there where, you know, you have to, you know, you have to come up with um, uh, where, what, how you failed, and and why you failed, and looking at it and assessing it and going, you know, I could have done this a bit different. And I think uh, backing out and being patient and not uh, rushing in to get a stock like that is next level bow hunting. That is so difficult to do. Or what about like when you go on a stock and you're closing in, and all of a sudden the wind isn't right, and, and you're 150 yeah. yards out. But you just go for it anyways because you're so close and you've already made all that effort. When the right move is to back out, to get back on the vantage point, relocate the buck, and start over. Uh, But that is so difficult to do, and we all struggle with it. But, but yeah, as we get to hone these skills and we get to improve and get better – you know, the one buck that I missed last year, I hunted him for seven days. I hunted him for five days before I got an opportunity at him. And I laid inside of a, a 200 yards of this buck for two entire days and never made a move on him. You know, and finally the situation was right. And I put myself in bow range and I had a 45 yard shot at that, that buck. After 30 minutes, like the smaller bucks came out first and there was a four point that bedded 35 yards from me. But I had all these heads looking in different directions 
yards and the, my target buck walked out and he was inside 50 yards and I just couldn't shoot for like a half an hour. I waited because every time I'd go to get a range or go to draw, there'd be a buckhead looking in my direction. I wanted to keep that element of surprise and I was so proud of my patience. The only thing that could have been better was sticking an arrow in that buck and the reason why I miss, like, um, you know, I can make a million excuses, but, uh, you know, basically he came around the, the corner. All the bucks weren't looking at me. I could finally bend my limbs back, and I was kind of seated, and I was real twisted up, and I executed a good shot. Like, I, I pull, pull, pull until the shot broke, but my pin was swimming on his body, and I just I, – I, mm-hmm. I, I, the shot went high. It's 45 yards. It's a gimme shot. It was a steep downhill, so it was probably like mm-hmm. a greater distance than 45 yards, but 45 was my hold. And, um, man, I just, I just missed high. It was just a, a shot that went high on me from being twisted up a half an hour in bow range, you know, and being still and quiet and patient, it doesn't come natural. Like you watch a, a kitten or a cat, like those instincts, those hunting instincts, <laughs> they're in their DNA and they come out of the womb as a kitten, better hunters than we are as humans spending 20 right. years doing it. They're so patient. It's so wild to watch a cat as it stalks a bird and it'll sit there in the grass crouched and it'll sit there for minutes watching that bird waiting for its right time to pounce on it where us as humans that skill does not come naturally you know like we want to get it over with and get it done where you know like we should um uh you can definitely take some lessons from a cat and and lessons in patience and just letting situations develop and keeping that element of surprise but um yeah man it isn't easy it's like the toughest endeavor on planet earth that i've found you know is is backcountry hunting and so you know failure is inevitable uh it is going to happen you just try to learn from it and be better so when you do get that chance you know uh give yourself the best chance you can at, at being successful and getting an arrow in that animal but man it it is such a fun endeavor isn't it it's such a fun chess game I, i'm so glad i found you know, this passion for backcountry hunting and life uh, it, i continue to get more and more excited every season for it yeah, it's a it's a true parallel to life. It seems like you know in business and in work and in relationships and family, like everything that you're dealing with uh, in life is a to me is like a parallel bowhunting. There's lessons to learn in both, and I think practicing my life skills with a bow in hand is is a, a true joy. It's something that I you know I have to remind myself uh, you know, and this is kind of in lines with what we're talking about. It's like this bow hunting experience, it tr- it's a marathon. It's like an ultra marathon. It's not a sprint. And my brain keeps wanting to make it a sprint. Like I have to fill this tag. I have to, you know, and I, I just, the older I get and the more experience that I have, the more I realize I'm actually hunting an experience. It's not, I'm not hunting a buck. I'm not hunting a bull. It's not a ram. It's not a boar. I'm hunting this experience. And those successes that come along the way are my, are my little reward, my dessert as I go through this, this journey. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I'm so grateful that I found bow hunting and that bow hunting found me. Um, and I'm just, uh, just blessed to share this love and passion with, with good folks like yourself and have an opportunity to, to come together and, and uh, talk about something that we love so much. I love that analogy, Mike. Um, and I, I'm just so impressed 
um, you know, you, uh, you're, you're living the bow hunting lifestyle and, um, I just see your commitment to it and uh, dedication and, um, day in, day out, you were on the trails, you were getting your workout and, and some nights you're getting it in at 10, 11 o'clock. Like you were, you were, it's really important to your, to you and to your life. And, and I can see that. And, um, I mean, it gives us all of us motivation, but I'm just so impressed at, at your dedication and your commitment, uh, you know, to being at your very best man it's really inspirational well i appreciate that man i i get the same uh same appreciation for everything you're out there doing so i'm i'm just grateful that we're affiliated together and have had a, had a chance to connect and and do this and you know can't wait to see you on the mountain one day and and uh keep keep this connection going have an opportunity to continue to learn and uh, grow yeah man uh you're the best i'm i'm really glad we were able to connect uh in person earlier this year and um now on the podcast so uh yeah you you got to come back on after the season and uh, share some of your successes yeah i'd love to do that i'll i'll work really hard to have some cool stuff to share <laughs> so. <laughs> i know you will not a doubt in my mind so thanks a bunch mike man i appreciate you all right thanks Brian. do well man all right, guys, that's a wrap. Uh, Power of Positivity with Mike Merrill. Uh, the guy is um, uh, an example. Uh, it's amazing that uh, each and every one of us have this motivation inside us. We just have to tap into it. And uh, it can it can be slippery. It can be tough to obtain. Uh, but, but Mike's a perfect example of just finding the motivation, finding consistency and discipline. And um, just a great conversation that I really enjoyed. So thanks for, for Mike for coming on the podcast. And uh, thanks to, to you guys for listening in. Um, just have amazing sponsors over here at Eastman's. Um, I just love all the gear that they produce. So uh, if you're in the market for any of it, make sure to support these companies and go check them out. Uh, Stone Glacier, just an amazing company, amazing guys, amazing products. Uh, couldn't be happier to be partnered with Stone Glacier. So using their Sky Air Ultra, which is a bivy tent, which comes in extremely lightweight, modular system. Uh, be pumped to be using this for uh, the majority of my, my early season hunts. Uh, they also have their new 15-degree bags in stock. I believe they're the best 15-degree bags on the market. Uh, uh, just just great products, so um, psyched to be partnered with them. Uh, Forever Barnwood, uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate this partnership as they're not a hunting company. Uh, Barnwood Company, be using them a ton for my personal house and uh, just couldn't be more excited at the, the products that they offer, which make for a great Western home. Uh, or any home for that matter. Just great for highlight walls, for uh, floors, for, for beams, for doors, base and case trim. Uh, they'll even make things for cabinets. So great company and uh, can't wait to uh, be installing some of their products in my new homes. And I also want to thank Vector Arrows. Uh, Vector Arrows came on and uh, is partnering with the podcast for the entire year, which I couldn't be more excited about. Uh, they're building great arrows. They'll they'll figure out a dynamic spine that mates that matches up with your bow really well. Uh, just make for a forgiving arrow. Great helical fletch on a four fletch. Um, man, these things are shooting super for me. Shot great in Hawaii. Shot great at the Western Hunting Summit and uh, getting some great groups. So um, animals are going to be in trouble this season, I'll tell you that much. So thanks to those companies and everybody that supports Eastman's Elevated. I really appreciate it. And uh, with Eastman's, uh, make sure to go check out that live event. It's going to be Wednesday, July 20th. 
Just double-checking that as I say it. Yep. Wednesday, July 20th, it's in Herber City at the Fieldcraft Survival. Uh, you can go get tickets at Fieldcraft Survival. It's going to be me and Dan Picard and a bunch of the Eastmans. We're going to be giving talks there. Uh, talks all about how to improve your Western hunting game. So excited for that this summer. Uh, and um, with that, man, oh, man, I'm just getting um, back from um, Hawaii, which is an amazing trip. We'll record a podcast on that. Uh get straight away, get some construction work done, and then off to that Western Hunting Summit, put in some good miles, some good elevation, some great conversations, and um, I just love all the guests that Ryan has there, uh, able to, to meet him and chat with him, and couldn't be more excited for the, the Mule Deer Summit that's going to happen this weekend. So, um, yeah, we'll get this podcast out, trying to get a little work done. Uh, seems like I've been on the concrete crew here for the majority of spring and summer, trying to get all these foundations in and stamp work and slabs and things. But, um, yeah, we're getting it done. Got another one set up yesterday. Uh, in fact, I need to get off this podcast and see when I can get some concrete. Uh, but yeah, keep trying to get some work done. My house is coming great. Um, getting pretty close to being framed up, ready for trusses and, um, get this thing watertight, which can't come fast enough as it's been the wettest May and June on record. Uh, so that floor is definitely getting a lot of water, but, um, they always turn out fine and may have to sand the seams or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Um, uh, I'm so fortunate to have the opportunity to build another house. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a fun process. So we'll keep working away and try to get to this hunting season. Um, so yeah, the the hunting season's going to be fun. Tags are getting tougher and tougher to come by. Draws are tough, but uh, it just means I'm going to spend more time on the hunts I do have, more time in my home state here in Montana, uh, which is great. I'm super excited for it. Uh, I have that moose tag, which is an, an amazing opportunity to hunt this range that I've lived in for 20 years and uh, never had the opportunity to chase a moose with a bow and arrow or uh, chase a shirus moose with a bow and arrow anyways. Um, I did go up for Alaskan Yukon one year, uh, but but it's going to be an amazing opportunity, so um, super stoked for that. I also have some good hunts with buddies, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a full season, so I couldn't be more excited. Uh, hopefully you guys are lining up some hunts for this season, working hard towards your goals. And um, man, with that, uh, check in with you guys next week.